It's Fab here, founder and head teacher at Old Marketing School and your marketing BFF. And today I want to invite you to the place where marketing rebels go to master the craft. What am I talking about? Well, I'm talking about our marketing rebels, self-paced course library and student community. Imagine this, the ultimate library of courses, tactics and templates for marketers looking to use their superpowers for good. So if you are ready to access our short courses, a supportive community of marketing rebels, your personal cheerleading squad, then you gotta go and check our library out. Yes, think about us as your marketing BFFs sharing incredible weekly tactics tools, resources, and even prompts and trends to make sure that you always have fresh content coming out. Plus, we also have marketing sprints, hot seats, and office hours to support you as well in the journey. If it sounds like a good party, I guess it is. So all you have to do is make sure that you join us and you can do it in just two clicks. You just go to School dot click slash library i repeat am school dot click slash library to find out more about how to join us right now i will be waiting for you on the inside now on with today's episode welcome to alt marketing school we are proudly bringing together a new wave of marketers just like yourself We want to provide you with the skills to speak to your audience perfectly, empower clients with winning strategies to market their brands, champion their values, and make a positive impact in the online world. My name is Fab, and I'm your host. May the class begin. You know, it's it's just us, two girls talking in front of two screens. (laughs) (laughs) It's so... It feels so normal now, right? But also it's so, like, it's sad in a way because it's like, oh. You know what, though? I I was literally, I was writing a piece a couple of weeks ago. It was really interesting. We're talking about Zoom now. There was, I don't know, in the US, a company and uh, the lady called Judy, God knows her surname, apologies. It talked about Zoom Zoom fatigue and she said that they were going to have a Zoom free Friday, which I found interesting, right? Oh, Yeah. And then a couple of weeks later, so I was actually debating like about that. If people do that, I kind of do something similar in a way. And then a couple of days ago came out another piece on the back of that saying that actually, well, Zoom fatigue is a thing, interestingly, because obviously now there's Becca's lovely face I'm looking at and that's fine. But when you have a bigger, like a bigger screen with a lot of people, what happens is you have this kind of hyperglaze upper stare. I don't remember what they call it, which basically means you're looking at, at people Mm. like an hour whereas when you do a normal meeting sometimes you kind of can actually look around write notes so that increases that and funnily enough and then I'll let you I want to see your thoughts on this one funnily enough then other studies been done around this and last Tuesday I think it came out that women are more affected by this by the zoom fatigue by the anxiety from being on zoom and just being in that environment than men really ah oh, okay that's interesting I definitely feel like I have zoom fatigue in some ins- like some call like I, like you know we're on zoom right now and this is fine because like you say one-on-one I think is the closest you can feel to having that almost regular face-to-face interaction 
but I definitely know what you mean about when it's a group of people, especially in a, a professional setting as well, where you might not know everyone very well and you feel like you've got to have this sort of like professional hat on, then I think the pressure can, can be quite a lot. And do you feel as well, this is something I've thought of, I don't know, I think probably other people have felt it as well, but almost being able to see your own face somewhere on the screen when it's a group it adds a slight pressure of like oh, i've got to look like i'm engaged with whatever's being said and make sure that i'm showing that i'm interested and in interacting enough and i feel like that wasn't so much of a thing in in-person meetings way back when and i think that adds a lot to it because sometimes if i've had like a zoom heavy day i'll get to the end of the day and be like oh wow I just like, you know, I feel like I've been basically forced to smile all day to be like, yeah, yeah, I'm really engaged. I'm really like, I'm here for this meeting. And I, yeah, I don't remember feeling like that before, but yeah, I'd love to know your thoughts. It's actually an excellent point. And I think the point that you made is one of the contributing factors to the, the Zoom fatigue syndrome, as they call it. Probably there is an element of that because that also, again, goes back to that being concentrate, being focused. That's what you have to do anyway because of that. I mean, so I definitely think there's something in that. Mm -hmm. And also on the back of that, also there's another element that I think really affects, as you said, potentially our energies at the end of the day, mm -hmm. which is realistically speaking, obviously we both are, you know, I've been probably when we went to meetings, I, I was going to London for meetings. I was in London for the day and I would go around even in the best day, I would struggle to have more than three meetings because unless everybody came to me, which didn't always happen when I was working from where I was working, you would go other places. So half an hour, an hour, and actually your day, you felt like you were doing less, but it was almost like a nice relief on those days because you were actually, you know, commuting or moving around and having a bit of that forced break. Um, whereas right now you can easily squeeze and I have done in the past and I've been kind of like looking at myself and being fab seriously squeezing in six meetings in a day because you can and you're yeah. like you know, think about it like six hours in with even if it's half an hour it's probably around six hours minimum of you being in front of a screen talking or as you say engaging actively with people and you can do that therefore who's or what is going to stop you if not yourself from you mm -hmm. know encouraging that and I think that's a big big thing and I think especially you know going back to obviously this chat which is also about news and trends and stuff I think is very important to remember that especially when you're working with a team or with clients or depending on whatever you do you know it's a bit communication is a big part of it and obviously there's a benefit in being able to communicate this way but then if you add to that then maybe you are doing webin a webinar or maybe you're doing something mm -hmm. else you know all of these things add up and you are feeling like you're constantly performing almost. And I, I, I relate with that. So I know I, I definitely relate with what you're saying here. Yeah, I think it's such a good point you raise as well about the number of meetings, because before there were things in place that I guess we might not have realized at the time, but like you say, like whether that required moving location or uh, like, you know, conflicts in people's calendars, there were things that meant that you probably wouldn't have, yeah, as you say, more than three meetings say, and now, because there's basically no limit, there's nothing to stop you. You just need a screen and an internet connection and you can have a, a Zoom call anytime. Like, yeah, it's so easy to fall into the trap of saying, yeah, I'm free then, let's have a meeting, let's have a meeting. And on the one hand, that's great because it shows that people are still communicating. But then you realise, OK, I've, I've spent you know over half my day on a Zoom call 
<laughs> I don't know if you felt like this, but sometimes I'm like, I need to, I need to actually do my work now. Like I need to do the things, you know, <laughs> I've been sat in calls where you're having to like interact and everything and you can't multitask. And then it's like, okay, I'm going to work late now because I've, I've not given myself enough time to get done what I needed to. So yeah, I definitely relate to the, the feeling of now it does feel like we have a lot more meetings and <laughs> Zoom is, uh, thanks for that Zoom. You know, <laughs> <enabled> that. <laughs> Thank you very much Zoom. I mean, I'm gonna now sidetrack into some of the things about this week, which by the way, this is the first week that we're doing this as a as a proper official podcast, not our let's also put it on the podcast. So <laughs> very exciting. So yeah, welcome everyone again. I'm just going to give a bit of context again. Obviously, Alt Marketing School, the baby steps are happening. So this is almost like a, um, a way to introduce one of our lovely <clears throat> teachers, no more spoilers, by having Becca here with me. And yeah, you will basically, we enjoyed so much our Clubhouse chats about these topics, but a bit of everything, updates, you know, the marketers' lives and so on that we just didn't want to lose them we are still playing and i think again probably part of the conversation might go to clubhouse because there's a couple of things that happened there mm -hmm. as well but we just felt we didn't want to really lose the opportunity to keep doing them because people do enjoy them when they listen back something that we learned from an experiment but with clubhouse you know some people will come and join but we also found that the space is changing. So we thought, okay, let's bring them here so that every Monday you can actually listen to our chats that we had right at the end of the of the previous week about some of the things that happened and our thoughts on it. So it's going to be quite nice and conversational. And if you went to one of the Clubhouse chats, you'll know what we're talking about. So thank you again, Becca, for joining me for this one. Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure. Plus, I remember that you said it last week, I think, we are constantly looking for things and keeping an eye out for new trends and and it's nice, even for me, um, I, don't, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but even for me, it's nice to be able to talk about it because I read them, I digest them, but it's harder than to reflect on them because what do you do to reflect on them? You know, how do you find the time yeah. to just think about, hmm, what does this mean? So actually talking it through is a good exercise on a personal level, just to kind of see and trying to reflect on what's going on. Yeah, completely. I think it helps understand how we might apply the changes as well. I know sometimes, I mean, uh, a couple of weeks ago last week there just seemed to be so many updates suddenly across all of the social platforms and it was like okay well I need to make sure that I you know make changes accordingly and strategies and things to make the most of these updates but I think sometimes as you say when you read it you can take it in but then it's really hard to figure out you know okay what actions do I need to do now or what does this actually mean is this you know such a big change or can I kind of work around it for the time being. So I'm really excited that we're chatting about this because it means that it makes it more fun and I actually understand, you know, I properly think about, okay, this is what's happening. This is how we can use it to our advantage, hopefully. Yay! Well, again, I'm um, always a pleasure to chat with you as well. And the thing is, um, again, going back as I said to Clubhouse, <laughs> well, I found interesting. So I'll tell you this, this side bit of news that I was interested in. And I'll tell you the other thing that is, again, eventually happening. But side news is that even Reddit now wants to add to its power-ups. You saw yeah. that. And an audio feature. And what it made me realize is that, as we talked about actually before in some of the live mm -hmm. sessions, there is a lot of power in the fact that audio marketing now has become something that people want or apps, I guess, and platforms want to add as an element, depending on what the main purpose would be within that platform. And I think it's really interesting to see that 
which then goes to the next bit of news, which is that then there's been a bit of a not so leakage leakage because I'm imagining it was quite wanted just to give people reassurance about the Android app being on development because it wasn't and then it was. And then the app is going to actually be developed in Clubhouse. But I'm going to put it out there again just for sake of controversy. I'm wondering whether it's going to be too late. I'm just going to put it out there. I'm just going to put out kids. I'm just going to put it out there and move away and move away. What do you think? I know I'm I'm with you. I think it it just as quickly as Clubhouse kind of reached mainstream popularity, it seems to have gone again. And I think it's very important and I am happy that they're working on the Android version. But by the time it comes out, I feel like that ship has sailed. All those people who have Androids who are waiting and be like, God, I don't care now. Like it's already it's already on Twitter spaces or, you know, they've got as we were talking about Reddit. I think that's a real indication that Clubhouse has noticed that, you know, audio social media is obviously, it works, it's popular, people enjoy it, there's a place for it. And I think it promotes conversation in a way that we've not really seen before. And actually is a nice way to be able to talk without feeling any pressure. When we're talking about Zoom fatigue, I think another thing that comes with Zoom is making sure you've got like a nice background or, you know, all of these factors. So I think audio social can work really well and Clubhouse has sort of proved that. But I'm not surprised that the other platforms are being like, actually, yeah, we can add this into our features already. So you've got Reddit, you've got Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, like they're all doing it. And it makes sense when you think about it, because people have already built their, you know, their network there or their community there. So why not add in another way to just continue the conversation rather than saying, oh, yeah, if you're interested in this, can you go over to this app, join this, make a club or join a club or have you. And it's just like, yeah, that's actually a lot of extra steps, really. So if it can all be in the same place, then that makes sense. But I, you know, it's a bit sad. I feel a bit sorry for Clubhouse in a way, <laughs> but there you go. You know, they've they've had a, a moment in the spotlight. I mean, there was another. Oh, what was it called? There was a social app from Russia called Venmo, maybe. I don't know if you remember it through four four years ago, probably. That rings a bell, yeah. And it was again. That was literally a meteorite. It just came like whoa, exciting, and then it went. Mm-hmm. I think the main problem was potential leakage or privacy breach that made like people like, nope, moving away. <laughs> but again, another RIP that I want to mention here is Periscope. It just shows that good old Periscope. It literally, <laughs> I like when they actually did a piece of news about the fact that they killed it and everybody was like, oh, was right. it still, could you still yeah. use that? I didn't know that. So, but I think it proves a point that you made, which is, and again, I want to hear, I guess, from you on this point, because obviously then people look at TikTok and I think it was literally the right place at the right time in a very timely way. Again, it's, it's really sad to say because it was the beginning of a lockdown. So people really had the time, but it just tapped into a brand new audience to start with, which I think it means it populated it with people that were not there to say, oh, I can, you know, I can move everybody somewhere else. And I think that has been a big thing. But yeah, I was going to say that I agree with you on that point of that is literally the conversation that I had with a few people last week, where even for some of our internal stuff for Creative Impact, my other company, I asked people, well, we want to do a weekly check-in. Do you want it on Zoom or Clubhouse? I wouldn't mind. And a lot of people were like, well, I can't access it or I will have to remember to go somewhere else. So Mm -hmm. I would actually probably prefer Zoom still. And I was like, okay, 
I guess is that is a personal environment. You know, people can do their thing. They don't have to be constantly looking at others. They can be so. You know, is is a more familiar kind of space. It's not like it's not as forced. Like a you know, will be a masterclass. So I guess mm-hmm. that's why. But I was surprised because I was expecting people to say still clubhouse. But one of them literally said, "Well, I don't kind of I don't go there even because I don't think I can physically focus on something else right now." And, you know, once, if that's the end users, then us as maybe like the middle people that might want to use for our brand or for our brands, then we have to think about the the end users, you know, and be like, okay, maybe it can be good for me. But if the people that I want to talk to are not there anymore, then what is the point? And I think the, the benefit of it that was the fact that it was very simple and he had one proposition kind of bit it slightly in the bum in that respect. Yeah, no, completely. And you know, I think already I've noticed there was several, there was like notification fatigue for me because Clubhouse used to send out a lot of them. And then when you could, if you were starting a room or you were in a room, you could ping people, but the notification would come up saying this person has turned their notifications off became more and more apparent. It was like, okay, literally nobody's got theirs uh, turned on. And I just think, yeah, how we use social media, if I've got some time and I want to like have a scroll, I'm more likely to probably head to Instagram or TikTok. Clubhouse, I think the problem is, and it, you know, it's up for debate actually, if you could call it a problem or not, but because what people are saying on there is actually very, is, you know, it's very interesting content, sometimes very, very valuable content. And, you know, you can get great, people have had great guests on there. If I'm gonna consume that content, I wanna be paying attention. And it's like, okay, if this is a room I can't do, then it's like, do I listen, but only, you know, half listen and then miss bits. There's no way to catch up. Or if that was turned into, you know, for example, a podcast episode, that's great because people already know how a podcast works. It's available everywhere and they can listen to it at their own convenience. And, you know, if it's something that they want to take notes from or, you know, just be really in the zone they can do and you know you mentioned TikTok as well I think that's a great example of an app came along offered something quite different at the time you know we weren't as used to well vertical video still wasn't I would say as popular at the time but this has really made it the norm and the short format as well and I think TikTok is an example of someone coming in new concept but they've managed to make it stick because of the time that it came out but also it just is is different enough and offers a different enough perspective and experience. I know, you know, we've got Instagram Reels now, which is very, very similar. But even then, I think Instagram as a platform at the moment is very kind of almost confusing from the user perspective of where the app is trying to take you when you open it. Like, do you want me to look at the feed? Do you want me to look at the Explore tab? What am I, you know, what's the best portion of the app for me? It can be quite confusing, but... TikTok is kind of one in that sense because like it's very clear you're going on it for this reason and it's managed to get the audience base. But yeah, with Clubhouse, I think it's a little too uh, too little too late with the Android thing, and you know they have stumbled across a great concept, but it's just this exclusivity thing actually working against them. I think with the oh yep you've got to listen live. It's like well people can't all the time and with lockdown lifting restrictions lifting and everything it's going to be harder for people to be in the right place at the right time to to listen in and join in 
I was actually going to ask you about that. There's a great segue into another thing that I'm thinking about. See, that's kind of interesting because I also want to talk about the Instagram algorithm because I recorded an excellent podcast for, again, for the Make an Impact show, which is the other podcast I run with the lovely Chloe. But I might see if I can actually repurpose it for Alt Marketing School too because it's excellent. And she's from Tailwind, which is an app that allows scheduling. And we're talking about Instagram and exactly what you mentioned about where the hell am I going? And she told about some experimentation. So I'm actually going to get on that first and then I'll talk about one more thing afterwards because I think it's a nice way potentially to close down. But what she said, and I want to hear your opinion because I think it's quite timely as well, is that she found out that, for example, if she she had did an experiment for her own account and she only posted reels for a week and then she saw that her views and her engagement dropped after a couple and when she started reintroducing some feed posts, things changed again. And then it actually got better again. And like it was more balanced when it comes to that engagement and connection. So I really think that there is almost like, again, people might be listening to one thing. It's like reels are the way to engage and great. And therefore, that's what all you're going to create. But then again, I would I want to say that the algorithm is a set of rules based on, you know, behaviors. Therefore you cannot expect it to always work if you do that one thing because one person said it. And I think that's really important to remember because it's so much based on your following and how they engage with you, you engage with them. But I found it really interesting that she said that because she was like, yeah, I've been, I've been constantly trying to understand. And it seems like Instagram wants us as much as possible to provide a variety of formats, Mm. which can be quite confusing when you're trying to create a content calendar for yourself. Yeah. (laughs) Very confusing. It's, it's hard when a new format like Reels comes in, knowing how much attention to give it. And are you going to drop a different type of content and place it with Reels? Like, I wondered a lot about the kind of crossover between what people had been posting on stories and if they were actually better suited to Reels or whether now some some Reels are... You can tell, I think, sometimes that, okay, this has been tweaked a little bit, but it could have been a story that's, you know, that's fine. But that's really interesting what you say about kind of the variety and results of if you stick to one, it can drop a little bit and then you bring back in the feed posts. I think with Instagram, I always feel like when they bring out a new thing, you're going to get a little bit of a a push in the right direction when it's a new feature because it's like yeah they want they want to show that that's a great new feature but like you say when you're planning your whole content calendar you've also got to think from your audience perspective well how are they using the app you know you you don't want to miss out if they're because people still scroll through their feed so you've got to make sure that that content's still there and i think when we click onto somebody's instagram profile as well obviously you've got the different tabs but what's always you know front and center it's their it's their grid where you've got, you know, your traditional, it feels so funny as I was saying, like your traditional photo posts and like old school video posts. But that is what a lot of people will see first and will kind of make a judgment call like, oh, okay, like, yeah, maybe I will follow this account or not. So I am very intrigued. I still think the Instagram algorithm is like sometimes quite mysterious, but that's really interesting to know about the differences of kind of testing one and then bringing in more formats yeah i agree i agree it is and also i agree on the fact that instagram algorithm is pretty much like the the latest indiana jones will be all about that probably a very boring movie but a very interesting insight for marketers and actually the last thing i wanted to say about instagram which i noticed by chance so i don't have any official resource on this but 
always excited. So I was trying to message somebody and this person had, and I don't know if you've ever seen it, so this is kind of us, like, scoop, like, oh, my God, first ever heard of. These little messages, excuse me, in the DMs, uh, it came up, so this new person, never talked to them. It came up with five options of frequently asked questions. Oh, okay. Then when you click on it, I think you will get, I didn't do it because obviously that would be weird because uh, I was going to tell them something. So um, I think when you click on it, I wasn't really wanted to. I think you actually get probably like a mini, like quick reply or an automated reply. And I was like, what? Oh, that's handy. I like this idea. Well, this idea, this feature that they're rolling out or testing. I always feel Instagram messages are like, I would like them to focus on them a bit more and make them a bit more user-friendly because Sometimes you do want to reply specifically and genuinely to one person, but I know definitely sometimes on business accounts and things, it feels very clunky and time consuming to sit there and sort through them all. So I like this idea. I haven't seen it though. I want to like scroll through. It was one person. It was one person person I found that has it. So I might tell you in private because again, it's not fair to send it on a podcast, but um I think it's probably a few more but it's really interesting because like especially for consultants I mean I I could also work for brands to be honest but and individuals like let's be honest like another thing that happened very quickly is um I think again don't quote me on it I I remember seeing it probably gonna tell me what it is but I think his pages insights being discontinued on Facebook I think is that isn't it Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. it tells me a lot about the fact that people are probably not going on Facebook anymore to look up a business, even. Yeah. So you think about it. I was asking myself, maybe the, the the messenger bot, which was quite useful for a short while, maybe that's that answer to that from the Instagram perspective. Interesting. Yeah. No, that's a really good point, actually, because thinking about it, I would probably go to Instagram first if I was searching for a business. And then if you... Then the natural next step would be to message them through there, wouldn't it? Rather than, oh, let me swap over to Facebook and use Messenger there. Inter- oh, this is interesting. This is exciting. Because I'm just thinking about the fact that, you know, Pages Insights are are, are gone or going to be gone. Yeah. And then I'm thinking about, this is, again, me putting a question maybe for another, for another chat, I guess, for another episode, because that's a big question, but what does the future hold for for like for Facebook from a business perspective? That's what I'm wondering about. So many, there's so many possibilities, I think. And not all of them are in Facebook's favor. <laughs> Controversial, but yeah. I mean, right now the now right now they push the latest, which is also in our roundup, which I'll tell everybody about in a, at the end, but they pushed a new fa- dating app, that's the one, which is like a, a, a short video dating app. I don't know if you've seen called Sparked. Yeah, I saw, I I haven't seen much about it, but I've seen that it's a thing, yeah. So I I think it's interesting to see how basically that, I think they're still encouraging the users to have Facebook as the account to use it for different functions. But I'm interested to see what is going to go from a business perspective, because for example, you have to use it to set up your Instagram shop. And that's fine, but that's how I feel it is. It's like you use it to do the ads, you do this to do this, Mm -hmm. but there's been so much like, you know, contingency also about Facebook advertising and where that's going to go. And I think it's going to be a really, really interesting conversation on how much maybe, if ever, it's going to become Instagram ads first, the Instagram ads management. Yeah, in a, in a way, honestly, I hope it does go that way. Because like you say, I feel like Facebook 
has just become like it's the back end it's where you sort out all the admin and all the ad stuff as well you know from a actually oh yeah when do i go on facebook or when do i think facebook first especially like organic facebook strategy like i i just don't really do it ever anymore so i hope that maybe yeah this is they're moving in the direction of having instagram first yeah ad manager that'd be that'd be amazing exactly i mean probably it will require a better like that subversion of things but i think it just makes so much sense because obviously i can see things changing really quickly and i can see things like again keep dropping subtly like oh yeah insights are gone <laughs> and you think okay but again there's so much you know there's so much that you can suggest people to go into a facebook group because not every business needs one or wants one so i think it's really interesting to see how it could become the place that people go for a specific reason but again, Instagram, as you mentioned, or TikTok even, are the places that people will go con- subconsciously almost, which is uh, bad habits. But And I think that is kind of working in our favor because that's what people will find out, the latest news or the latest things. The last thing that I'm going to say is that if you get our roundup, which is at altmarketingschool.com slash join, you can also read the latest roundup for from, from the week. And you will see that actually, very interestingly, there's a report that was commissioned probably by TikTok. But that says that TikTok ads mm. are the most natural life feeling, the most native and the most clicked on ads when it comes to different social accounts and how they feel very cohesive with the platform and they don't feel intrusive and it's the one that's got the highest rating. And I find it really interesting when I saw that as well because I think it really says that because of these platforms being so used naturally, then when you are adding the ad version, it actually feels quite a good progression. I don't know if you saw that study as well, that report. Yeah, and it made me quite happy as well, actually. From a user perspective, I think it's nice to give people ads or in a way not break their immersion and you know ruin their experience, because I know that can be really frustrating. I definitely noticed on Instagram, for example, when I'm tapping through people's stories, it feels like it's every other story there is an ad which sometimes can be a little bit like oh okay um but i i'm glad that tiktok ads feel so natural because i think that's going to be nicer for the user and also it shows that marketers are really concentrating on what works on tiktok and how they can make ads which look like a tiktok i think tiktok's own tagline actually is like don't make ads make tiktoks because it's like yeah don't make something look super polished you know people are going to be able to tell it's an ad they won't engage be creative you know get influencers involved who make content like you know this content is their bread and butter to help you promote whatever it is so i was yeah i was very chuffed with that um report i was like yay this is i good. love that <laughs> it's like it's like I am TikTok represents. Hello, guys. <laughs> Love it. Love you guys. Keep doing what you're doing. But that's the thing. And I think it's only fair. Like, you know, I I think I personally am always on the camp or like trying different things. I like some platforms more than others, but then most of them that I'm on, I'm actually enjoying in a different way. Um, but I do agree exactly with what you said. I think it's so important. And I think it puts a different spin on where you're going to put your effort, your time, and even your budget going forward. So definitely watch out for that one. But I want to say thank you, first and foremost. Thank you 
so so much for again spending a good half an hour with me i hope also you guys enjoy spending half an hour with us and getting the tea and what's going on in the yeah. social media marketing world i just want to say once again if you want to find out some of the again this actual report because we put it in the roundup that's the one or anything else that we talked about as well as the other episodes of the podcast you just go to altmarketingschool.com slash join and if you want to find out more about me and say hi on social i am at fab giovanetti what about you becca i'm at becca social all on all the networks <laughs> bam thank you so much guys and we'll speak to you again next week thank you so much for listening head to oldmarketingschool.com to find out more about the topics that we covered in this week's class if you want to make your teachers happy, then hop onto iTunes and leave us a five-star review. Oh, and don't forget to spread the love on Instagram at Alt Marketing School. Until next time.